is good, is righteous, is all-knowing, all-powerful. He's here for you, he's here for me. The Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Great Counselor, our help, our comfort, our provision, our protection, our all in all. Shika Sanamananda, the Savior of our soul, the anchor of our soul. I found something today I was uh, listening to. What's, what's that artist's name, the singer, Lionel? Richie. Richie. Here once, twice, three times a lady. And how I love you. And you know, God is everything to us and how we love him. Anyway, I started thinking about my own wife, how I love my wife. And why do I love her? And why do I love her? Because she's a gift. She's been given to me to be a good steward over. Amen. Take care of. Helpmate. And uh, the things she does for me, just amazing. I, I wouldn't even be halfway complete now without my wife. I'd have to make it without you. God would complete me, you know. But thank God for the gifts that he gives us. Amen. Thank you, Brother Clayton. How many of y'all know when Brother Clayton is doing something? He has this demeanor and uh, he has some confidence. Can we all agree? Just confident. Really. And in, in everything that he does, his, his teaching, his... Uh, praise and worship. Now, if I threw up there about six musicians, you know, it'd get a little more complicated. <laughs> I've done praise and worship, and the easiest way to do praise and worship is by yourself. You don't have to deal with nothing. You don't have to deal with anything on stage. You're not concerned about everybody else. You know, you're concerned about their parts and what they're supposed to do. And so to do things by yourself, that's, that's one thing. We can get that. But when, when God adds things to us, uh, for instance, Leslie would, did a funeral. And uh, he said, man, I, I did good because I knew the lady that died. You know, I had relationship with her. And uh, you know, you know the person, so you can talk about things. And so I said, you know, we talked about doing a funeral that you don't know the people. Well, that's a whole nother thing. But you still preach the gospel. So you have to be confident in what God has called you to do, even though uh, the environment may change, even though it's not the usual comfortable venue. You know, to preach here, easiest place to preach in the world for me. Some people, if you're just starting out, I remember uh, Troy Bregalier told me, you know, because he, we gave him an opportunity to do something and he got scared. And I'm like, dude, what's wrong? I said, it's the easiest place to preach in the world because we can flow. He said, man, you can't say anything, just anything here because people know things. <laughs> in other words, what he said, he had to have something to back it up. 
And so he wanted to be responsible, you know, so it, it wasn't easy for him. Uh, when we were on our trip, you know, the team was ready. Whoever was asked to do anything, I told the team to be ready. And so we were at this college and uh, Eduardo, next thing I know, Ethan's up there. He's got the microphone. And Ethan just went off. And I didn't, I just asked him. I didn't know if Ethan approached Eduardo and said, I'm ready. Or if Eduardo just grabbed him and said, get up here. Either way, we should be able to take, we should be able to tell people we're ready. We should be able to tell people, hey, I'm ready. I, I can do this. We can do this thing. Or if you don't tell them and you're just called on, you should be able to step up and do, you know, be obedient. Be obedient. And so that has a lot to do with preparation. The, the, uh, the scariest things in life is to not be prepared for something. It's embarrassing. I mean, even to get up here not prepared, not confident, not knowing and being aware of an anointing, it could be devastating. It could be a, it could be a mess. <laughs> you know, I could become the mess. And I tell you, that's, that's terrifying to get up here and have nothing to say or just to say something that's your opinion or, you know, fleshly things. And so to hear from the Lord is, is good. But to be prepared for what God is calling you to do is everything. And, uh, you know, anybody ever get a new job, how nerve-wracking that is? You don't fit. Everybody else is flowing. You not. You the oddball. You know, you the new person on the block. And you have to be trained. And that's kind of a deal. Some people flow good in training. Others, you know, it's a little more difficult. But once you got your position and you know your job, you become confident. And then after you get comfortable there, they want to move you up. So you have to go through the whole nerve-wracking thing again. But that's just a part of life. It's to put yourself in a place to be taught and a place to be trained and equipped that you can have everything you need for when God wants to use you, whatever that place is. And so that's part of our job here at the church is help train and equip you that you will be confident in who you are and what God has called you to do. And we're all at different stages. I like what uh, Pastor Clayton said, that we're all a progress, we're all in, in, a, in a process. Uh, and, and we, you know, we all came out of a mess. <laughs> Is that right? So we, we all need to stay in the process of being shaped and formed into the mature in image of Jesus Christ. We just need to stay teachable. The, the beginning of maturity is just having a spirit of openness to be taught. That's the first step of maturity. If, if you can't be open to be taught, if you can't be open uh, to change and be corrected and instructed, you already hurt yourself. Things will stay broke. Y'all got that? But I'm just, at the moment you just open up, 
for change and to be taught, then you can begin to mature in Jesus' name. Amen. Robbo, come on, let us pray for you, man. Been thinking about you all day. And uh, there's been areas in my life that I need, needed continual prayer. Uh, we need to persevere. We need to press on. We love you. Uh, just six, seven people come up here and just lay hands on Robbo. We're going to be in agreement. I know what he's believing. I know what the word of the Lord says. And uh, I can see it. I mean, you can see people healed. And uh, we, we need this healing manifested. We don't deny the facts. Faith never denies the facts. But faith does supersede, transcend, and sees beyond what's going on. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you for Robbo. Thank you that he's in this house, this house of healing. Uh, thank you, Lord, for all the hands that are upon him right now. And these are just hands of agreement. And, uh, Lord, we know probably everybody in the world has been praying for Robbo and people of God, people of faith. And so we're joining with all of those. Your word says that, you know, if we, if we agree as touching anything, concerning anything on earth, and here we are on earth, touching and agreeing for this healing in Robbo's body, it shall be done by our Father which is in heaven. And so, Lord, that's our expectation. That's where our faith is, is to, is to see you do what you do best. You're a healer. And we know that you are the great physician and your word is the medicine. And so right now we're working with the doctor, Dr. Jesus and his medicine. And so we're all in agreement. We're all swallowing the goodness of your word right now. And I thank you, Lord. I, thank, I speak to this body to be made whole. I speak to his spirit to be whole, mind, will, and emotions be whole and his body, his physical body, to be completed by the work of the Holy Ghost. I thank you again for the healing anointing to begin to enter his head. Uh, uh, just, just, I see it, Lord, like a, I just see you like taking a cap or screwing a cap off of his head like a Coke bottle and just begin to pour out your presence of your power, the presence of your anointing and its ability come flowing inside of him. I remember, I remember David Hogan saying that healing was flowing in the streets of that place. 36,300 people got healed. And a God, you're not a respecter of people. You can do it in a big way, and you can do it for one, or you can do it for many. It's just not difficult for you at all. But the same healing that was flowing in that city, Lord, I thank you for that same healing anointing to begin to flow into him. And this anointing will be so strong, it will drive out everything that's not of you, Lord. Anything that's trying to practice a different way, anything that's trying to perform something outside of the will of God in his body, anything that's not uh, helping his metabolism, anything that's coming against his blood flow, anything trying to steal nutrients and elements, and the minerals that he needs in his blood flow, anything trying to grow outside of the will of God. We curse it right now. We just curse the thing that's not of God, not anything 
uh, of Rabo, but anything not working for God in his body, working and opposing God in his body, we tell it to dissolve, die, dissipate and come out of his body in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you started and we thank you, Lord, you'll continue to do that. And Lord, uh, you know, in the world standards, in the diagnosis, it's a mess. And the mess, man says, it cannot be uh, straightened out or fixed. But Lord, we know you. And we know that your word is always working. And this word will not return void, but accomplish what it's sent to do. And uh, a weapon has been uh, formed against him, but we say no in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against him will prosper or continue in his body. So we're in agreement with Rabo and his pretty little wife, Nikon. We're in agreement with them uh, that this also shall come to pass in the name. Your word says if we commit our ways to you and we trust in you, then things will come to pass. It will come to pass. The gospel will come to pass. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would y'all please just continue to pray. Just continue to pray. Love you too, man. We need you. Just continue to pray. Continue to pray. Could y'all get that pulpit up here, please? See my mama sokorobosetete bashaya. Pastor Butch. Hey. Do you mind if I... Uh, Go for it. <laughs> I didn't even say what it was. Go yeah. for it. You know, uh, <clears throat> I was telling, I was asking my wife when, uh, and I don't know if to call him, you always want to give someone a title, but when David Hogan was here, um, what do you call him? Miracle working David Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, when he was here, you know, uh, the first time he came and he gave me a hug, I, I could smell him. So that's normal. You can smell people because they're in your face. So the, when he was here the night, uh, he was, I wasn't realizing what was happening, but he was standing up where Pastor Butch was, and I can smell him. What? So I was like, so then I, I know to ask Ramona, she's my check, could you smell him? And she said, no. So I'm like, so you, do you know what he smells like? She said, no. I said, I can smell him. I know what, if, he, if, I, if I get that order right now, I can tell it's him right now. Come on. Well, uh, and, and that is something the Lord's been doing lately. It's something strange to me. I've never heard of it where I can get an order and I can't tell if it's real or not. So I go around searching, trying to figure out if it's a real order or if it's, because I didn't know. And actually, uh, the, the first time it happened, um, it was at Ramona's um, grandfather's funeral and I was smelling something that had died in the yard and I thought it was in the yard and they said no it's probably the dogs I'm like no you know dead corpus or dead animal well it so happened I was smelling it on this side on the right side one day I smelled it in the yard the first day on the right side one day on the left side the other day until I just couldn't take it anymore and eventually on the day of the funeral when I was smelling it was so strong I went by myself to get away from it and the ladies were like why are you sitting so far coming I was like you can't smell that and, uh, and then we decided to pray because eventually it hit me. This is not natural because I'm the only one apparently smelling this dead animal that seemed to be lingering somewhere and you can't find it. So we prayed, <clears throat> bind that spirit of death at that house. And then uh, 
how long was it? About the next week, because it was Friday. So the next week, Monday, the Sunday, we got news that uh, the neighbor on the right and the neighbor on the left died of the same thing that the person, uh, that, that her granddad died of. And I was like, if I had known, if I was so, I, don't, I didn't know. Or else I would have known to do something. Well, it happened again the second time. Don't have time to tell a testimony. And so I was like, Lord, am I going to keep smelling bad stuff? Can I smell the sweet fragrance? You know? And, uh, and a couple of things have happened like that, but uh, this, is, this is one of them. And so now when you were praying for Rabo, um, I got a scent like, like medicine. Like uh, I forgot the name of the medicine, but it's like a medicine that I smell. And so I was like, again, it smells like real scent. So that's why I'm thinking I'm smelling a real person or a real thing, because you can't see it. It's just a scent. And so how do I know if I'm smelling something that's real or if it's, so I'm always having to check. But I'm learning to walk by faith. So I'll say this by faith because I'm not smelling it now, but I smell it when you're over praying. And the scripture came to me that if someone is sick among you, call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's like a healing protocol. And, uh, and I believe that there was a healing protocol that was happening and there was some medicine being applied. So it is happening. Now, I, I said all the previous just so that there would be, there, it wouldn't just be this random thing. What if he's just smelling that? If you all smelling anything that's like medicine in here, well, forget what I said. <laughs> but, but if none of you are smelling that, and for some reason I'm smelling medicine in here, then I need, to, uh, I need to say this. And so I just wanted to encourage you, have faith. I believe that God's angels came, and they came, did their medicine thing on you. <laughs> we don't feel it. We don't see it in the natural. But apparently God works in the spirit. <laughs> A merry heart's like a medicine. A merry, yes. <laughs> the Bible even, I'd have to look up yes. the scripture, but it talks about that even our senses can be exercised to the point that everything that we are senses the Lord. Smell, sight, we, see, we just see the Lord because we are spiritual people. Anyway, that was good. I'm sorry, that scripture that you just said was the scripture that came to my mind at first. I looked at you, I was like, man, I remember Robo at the door, so excited, so passionate. But since this issue just been quiet on the side, and, uh, and it just stood out to me. But that scripture, Mary Heart works good like medicine. I believe God yeah. wants you to apply that medicine. Go back to that Mary Heart. Amen. People at the door, share that joy. Amen. It, a Mary Heart is medicine. It is medicine. If you would go on Facebook, if you would do, I'm, I, I did a little synopsis on uh, what David Hogan said over the last three days. So if y'all would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, share it, and you can just share it yourself, and then you'll have it. Uh, yeah, just go on it. Or it should come up on Facebook because I just shared it. If, if you know, if we're friends, if you don't like me, well, you won't see it. <laughs> you probably not. Did it come up? You got it? Okay. Just share it, if you would. Keep it and share it, huh? It says the love of God. Just, just real quick, just maybe a sentence. Tell me something you absorb, learn, receive 
from David Hogan. I do silly, serious, and spiritual. I just kind of lump them all together. Because <laughs> there's some things we need, but we don't need to get so caught up in all the details and everything. Anybody else, something just really ministered to you? Well, I won't have him back because only one person really got anything from it. Flow with the Lord. Anybody else? Ray? with the Lord. We were warring against God and Jesus came for those warring against the Father. And so we really shouldn't have enemies. Any enemy is a candidate to get everything that opposes us, we just right away call it a, an enemy. Somebody we don't agree with us, he said it all. And so the first thing we, we do is none of those people are candidates to change at all because we have described them as an enemy. So God can't even use us to reach them. And that's usually what he wants to do. That story that Sean gave uh, was just powerful, that they had maybe a two or three week thing that they could get the, uh, get the little child legalized and, and it went for 10 months. And they were getting disgruntled and they saw the people that were opposing and opposing them and now they became their enemies and the whole time God wanted to reach those people. God wanted to use the whole process to do something in them. 
And so that's just a good outlook. You know, we all quote that scripture, all things work together for the good. After it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? After we've been through it and I was like, oh man, all things work together. Oh yes, yeah, easy to say it then, but we need to be able to say that while we're in the middle of all of it and nothing's going good. We need to get to revelation. We love the word. We love God and we just need to hold on and trust him and this will come to pass also. Anybody else? Carolyn preaching over there. <laughs> Not anybody else? tell you what I got out of it. The whole time he just looked at me like you want some of this boy? I mean, I mean he's just looking at what I mean what about the rest of everybody? You want some of this boy? I'm like 
we we totally left him alone while he was at my house but before he left we sat down and he came up to me and said man I sure did look at you a lot <laughs> I said I sure did look at you a lot I said I hope that was okay I said oh, yeah I hope that was said, okay you're okay, you know? you're okay I said I'm good I thanked my wife a few times she's like leave my husband alone she, she's about to jump up I said Sue it's okay I'm, I'm not used to people telling me in the midst of everybody here, man up. <laughs> man up. You hear me? You want some of this? You want to go where I go? Man up. I think I do it to y'all. <laughs> and then he'd always say when he said something to y'all, he said, well, I'm not cursing you or condemning me. Condemning you. But when he'd say it to me, he wouldn't say that. And that's not what he was doing. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. In the last six months, I've been challenged by people like David Hogan. I mean, I, I just ran into Rodney Howard Brown, and it's the same thing. In your face, challenge. You know, you, you, you got to do what God's telling you to do. I mean, he's talking to me like that. Jonathan Shuttlesworth the same way. I don't know where these people, they just came in my life. I mean, and now I'm face to face with these people challenging me. And uh, then David Hogan, and then this guy in Costa Rica. Just, so I know how you feel. <laughs> we all are challenged to go up to the next level. tell you what it is just like I want you and I know there's more for all of us he was looking at me the same way I want you I want you and he's basically Rodney Howard Brown Jonathan he has in this path they've opened the door to me whatever that is you want to do what I'm doing you want to come where I am the doors are open and so I don't even know what to do with that I'm not, I'm not getting up and I'm not running to a lot of things. David Hogan actually asked us to come to his ministry. He, he's not going to ask too many people to do that. And I'm not going to let too many people go because I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to go. I want to I wanna see that side in Mexico. Very difficult place, probably a very dangerous place. And uh, so we'll just see what happens. But... Any doors that opens to me, it's open to us. And to have the people come into this church, you know, I'm, I'm privileged and thankful that we, we have ministries like that that are after us. And for nothing, not for money, not for anything. The ministries that I've been associated with, they totally want to give away. They totally want to give to us. And when I give to me, and so I'm just trying to figure out what to do with all of this. And what it has done, it has challenged me. 
and so I'm going to read some uh, some scripture. We just you're going to have to just read with me. This is in Colossians. It's all good. God's doing a work here. God's doing a work in us, and everybody here is valuable. You're important to us as a family, as an individual. Uh, your giftings, your talents, your call, it's all very valuable uh, to us. I'm trying to find my way here. This is in Colossians. Let's do this first, Kyle. Put that scripture up there, Proverbs 29, 18. I just can't get away from this scripture. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Put the MS, the message version. And the version that we know is my people perish for lack of knowledge. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. I don't know what to do. Well, you need to get God's description on the thing. I, I've been thinking about this. My own personal life. The only reason I got my life together, my family together, my finance together, my children together. I had a vision. I had the word. I saw the way God prescribed things and describes things. And I just implemented it in my life. And I got the results of it. Without it, I would have perished. And so it took 20 years for me to understand what, what vision means to a church. We have to see where we're going as a group, together. And so I don't want to bore anybody, but I need to go over this again. We have got to see where we're going. And so tonight, I really want to connect some more of the dots. Uh, and, and listen to this. They step all over, or they stumble all over themselves, but when? They attend to what is revealed. When they see, when they get the description, when they get the direction, when they have a vision, then they are most blessed. Who wants to be most blessed? And that's not financial. That's how God sees things. And as soon as we can see how God sees it or how he views it, then we can walk in it, we can have it, it can manifest, and that's the blessing. It's not money in your pocket. It's seeing the way God sees things, hold on to it, get it in your heart, apply it if you have to, and then the blessing comes. Isn't that good? Like have a vision and understand. It's an understanding. It's, you start to practice it, and it's an understanding, and then the blessing just follows that. So it's not complicated. If you don't have a vision, you don't know what God is doing. You don't know what he's up to. We just prayed for Robbo. 
I know what God is up to when you pray for people. I know what's supposed to happen when you lay hands on the sick by faith. I know what God's up to at that point. He wants to heal. So that's where our faith is. That's where our vision is. And then when that manifestation comes, we're most blessed. And it works like that in every facet of our life. We just need God's description. I got that personally. But now I'm getting a better understanding of it as a church so we can go forward together and accomplish some things. And I'm sorry <clears throat> it took me 20 years to get this. <laughs> so we're going to read Colossians. This is just my chapter in the Bible, Colossians 1. This is Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He didn't call himself to be a, an apostle. God called him. And Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Just remember that. Praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. In other words, they heard the gospel. They are seeing the way God is seeing things the way it needs to be. And they receive the gospel. And so now they're living by faith and trusting in Jesus Christ. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the world of the truth, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn for, how do you say his name? Ephraphras. Ladies, single ladies, how do you like to bring Ephraphras home to your parents? <laughs> say, hey, Dad, this is Ephraphras. And dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So Paul is seeing something in this church that he's really... Uh, thankful for their faith their trust in the Lord for this reason we also since the day we heard it heard about how you living the gospel do not cease to pray for you there it is again and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him that's a lot of words right there a lot of descriptive words not just to sound good, but that's the way the Lord wants us to be. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. I'm going to read all that again. He's praying. Paul is praying. I do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with all knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Who wants some of that? that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saint in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sins. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This is des des describing the Christ. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and are in earth, on earth, visible and invisible, with, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, just a good description of Jesus. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. This is describing Jesus in a big way. And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, <clears throat> and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, that's powerful, and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if <clears throat> indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. And now, this is Paul, and now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Paul is saying, this hadn't been easy for me, but it's good for you. <laughs> Everything I've been through because of what I'm, you know, preaching the gospel, it hadn't been easy for me, but it's good for you. You heard the gospel. You don't know what I've been through, but he's okay and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of, the, of his body. In other words, Paul don't care what he's got to go through. He's so concerned about the body of Christ, which is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul had a word on his life he had to fulfill. And that word came through what we're about to uh, read right now and it's called the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to the saints to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory the riches of the glory of God which the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentile which is Christ in you the hope of glory. What is the hope of glory? That's the glorious things that the Father is going to present to us on this earth through His Son. It's unimaginable. We can't even speak about it. We can't even think aloud about it. And the final act is going to be Jesus coming back for the church. And as we see Him, we will become as He is. That's, that's the last part of the glory. When we see him, we will be as he is. But I think Paul in this scripture, he's describing Christ. So as we read the scriptures and see him, you understand we are being transformed. The glory of God is what God does. We can't do ourselves. The glory of God is all the results of God. We are a result of God. We are sons and daughters of glory already. Come on, somebody. And so 
I'm going to say it again. I'm going to state my vision. Y'all really need to get this. If you would, go back to Facebook because I got it on Facebook and share it and then you'll have it. And, it, and you just, this is, if you're going to pray for this church, pray these, these scriptures, pray these words, pray these uh, steps that we have to equip people. And uh, if you wait a moment, I'll see if I can find it. What, it look, what does it look like? Oh, it just says, okay, hold on. Karabasata, shake So, nope. I'm going to find it. Hold up. Here it is. Write the vision, make it plain so that he who reads it may run. And uh, I just copied it. So you got it on paper. Nothing? What's that? No, no, no. That's not it. How about that? You got it? You got it? Okay. That's all I know to do. You got it? I got some lady selling jewelry on here. <laughs> Go away. Stop it. Go away. You got it? Okay. All right, I got it too. Y'all got it? Share it. Oh, I got six facets. Okay. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to change that. Yeah. It is. It is. I'm not the best thing on Facebook. Y'all got it? This scripture that I, I'm going to read, all the 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 things that this whole church, this whole ministry is about is in verse 28. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And to this end, Paul says, I also labor striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And so the way this vision is going to be presented and manifested it's going to happen by the power of God through us. You, you got that. This is just not going to happen as a program. It's going to happen through the power of God working mightily in us. And that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Y'all got that? So I'm going to go over real quick. And it's right there. You can read it with me. You know, Paul said twice in this uh, first chapter that I do not cease to pray for you. And so the first step in anything in this church needs to be done in prayer. It needs to be birthed in prayer. It needs to begin in prayer. And I got with some of our prayer people today, we had a 
fantastic meeting, don't you think? I thought we accomplished so much. Not everybody could be there, but I got with the prayer team. It's kind of the, the core, and everything's going to come from them, so you'll be hearing things. And uh, so we want to be prayer conscious about everything. Everything we start, we start in prayer. If you get in a, prime, a, a bind, the Bible says, if any man suffers, pray. Just go into prayer, communion with God, talking to God. Try to get you, find your way, find your place, just get with the Lord. And uh, we even have some things that we're going to implement. And the first thing's going to be in July, I'm going to just teach on prayer. That's all I'm going to teach on is prayer. What is prayer? How do you pray? And, and you know what? It's not going to be popular to the populace. But I don't care. I want our people to know how to pray. Everybody's an intercessor. I'm tired of the church having a few people as intercessors. And those few people get mad because nobody else is praying. Everybody's an intercessor. You may have a different level. You may have a, uh, you might not have as great a zeal as an intercessor, but everybody prays, even your children. We're going to be known as the praying church. I'm serious. We're going to be prayer conscious. And Paul says, I pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That means he never stopped. That means it's a lifestyle. That means it's an attitude. That means it's, it's a mindset. When I meet with a group of people, and I do this quite often, and we talk for an hour, the Lord listens to those that fear him. So everything we just said concerning the kingdom of God and the strategy and what we're planning, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, in the spirit, God hears it all. It's all prayer. And so our whole life, everything we do, everywhere we go, we, we just, we praying. Sometimes we're in a closet. Sometimes we're on our face. Sometimes we're on our knees. But most of the time we're not. And so prayer is just a continuous thing. Y'all here with me? And so your children know, need to know how to pray. They just should see you seeking the Lord, uh, praying, talking to the Lord, having praise and uh, worship music on. That just should be a part of your whole life. And I understand if you work and you're not the boss, you can't do that. And so I understand, but you pray under your breath. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking the church, and I'm not condemning you, and I'm not cursing you. <laughs> but if, if you're not praying an hour a day, you're not getting the power of prayer. You don't understand prayer. That's just minimal. I'm not, I'm not making that a demand or a mandate, but I told the prayer people, if they're not praying a, an hour a day at least, we probably don't need you. And so I'm, I know y'all pray a lot more than that. But all of us, I pray 20 minutes just coming to work. Shake it. I don't, I don't just let my mind just run off thinking and worrying. Just replace your worry, anxiety, and fear with just your mindset. I'm just going to the throne room. I mean, sometimes I get caught up in my truck. I'm going to run over somebody. So I need to be responsible. But I'm just praying in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Man, you ought to at least pray an hour a day in the Spirit. You can do that. It's not hard. 
but you just have to be aware that, you know, and you just have to turn it on, turn it up. And it will make such a difference in your life with your family and in this church. So we don't, don't think about just going to a prayer meeting. It's just a lifestyle. Shake it, a mamash, a call it a babanda. Your progress will pick up and your mess will be less. <laughs> Things will change. And so I also asked, I'm going to be teaching on prayer. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, I'm going to ask Carl to do the same thing. I'm going to ask all the Bible groups to kind of get in, you know, connect the dots. Everything we do is all going to be totally, completely about prayer. And uh, we were reading a scripture the other day, you know, we should praise the Lord from the sun coming up to the sun setting. We should be praising the name of the Lord. And so I want to implement prayer from sun up to sundown. This is not forcing anybody to do anything. This is just giving you the opportunity to just step up your prayer life. And so I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to just take a little chunk at a time. But we're going to have somebody praying for this church every hour of every day. I don't know how that's going to work, but I want people praying for me in this church beyond the people I see, beyond who's in this church. I know people around the world, and I'm making telephone calls right now, and I'm going to ask them, would you just pray for us, pray for me, pray for my wife, pray for my pastors, pray for the children. Would you just pray? Would you just take a slot in our daylight time just to pray for us? And I know I could call 50 people. I'm going to do it. We're going to fill a whole block. And we're not going to pressure anybody. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Nobody's going to look at you any different. But we're going to have prayer covering everything we're doing. And we're going to have people uh, just ready for any kind of prayer requests, any kind of sudden things, uh, catastrophes. Uh, you know, you have a need. And all that's going to be ciphered through our prayer group. Everybody's going to get attention in prayer. Y'all on? And, and we hadn't done well. We have seasons throughout this ministry, but uh, we're reviving our prayer life here. What, what else did I talk about in prayer? Was there any other thing we were going to implement? That was one of them. And we'll, yeah, we made, you know, I've never into all-night prayer meetings. People come out, let's do an all-night. I said, you go do it. <laughs> and so we're not going to try an all-nighter, but we are going to take a chunk, maybe three or four hours. We're going to do something. We have to. And uh, it's going to be well-organized, but yet a flow in the spirit. Uh, we're going to have some topics up here. We're just going to have, and everybody in the room just going to pray according to that topic. And we're just going to hit it. We're going to bombard uh, hell. Uh, I was telling the prayer group, and we do better together. You know the Navy SEALs, is four or six men. They are highly trained and equipped. They know what they are supposed to do. Each person in the group has a specific job, and he's an expert. You know, if he's a sniper, he could shoot a toad frog in the eye, you know, a mile away. I mean, this is all he does. 
Y'all understand what I'm saying? And there's one man on the team. You know what, what he's called? He's called God. They call him God because he goes for help. He's the guy that can call for help. He knows all of the military. He has access to every intelligence. He has access to all the big wheels. And so when they need help, they go to God. Doesn't that sound good? And so we were talking about it today in prayer. You know, the full armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. You know, the, uh, our feet are shod with the preparation peach, H, H, not preparation, H, preparation, our God, our shoes are shod with the preparation. I'm trying to make a little joke here. And we have the breastplate of righteousness. That covers us from the wrath of God. We're the righteousness of God. It talks about the sword of the spirit, talks about the belt of truth, talks about the helmet of salvation. But we get to the prayer praying always. And some kind of way, Paul did not relate the last essential of the armor with the Roman soldier. So we, we don't have anything to relate prayer with with the Roman soldier. So I, I got us a new way to relate not with the Roman soldier, but with the military. It's, an, it's, 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 it's attacking from above. We're in a heavenly realm. It's like cruise missiles. GPS is put on a target, target, and they just press the button. That cruise missile goes straight to where that GPS mark is, and it's out. And that's the type of prayer we have in the spirit, that when we pray, we're hitting targets. We're destroying the works of the enemy and we're constructing things of God. Who's in? And if we don't talk about prayer, if we're not praying, if we're not teaching on prayer, nothing's going to happen. Because I know when you... Brown's fried chicken. Brown's fried chicken. Brown's fried chicken. Popeye's fried chicken. You understand it, it? It's in your head. It begins to mobilize you. And y'all will leave here tonight. Now, hey, you want to go get some Popeye's fried chicken? And all we did was talk about Popeye's fried chicken. And if we talk about it long enough, we'll leave this service. But my point is, when we talk and teach and start praying together, it's going to be in our spirit. And listen, prayer, everybody say this, prayer is a privilege. It's a privilege. And listen, how many of y'all know if you go to work and don't work, nothing's going to be accomplished? So when you go to work and you work, you see the fruit of it. And let me tell you something, prayer is work. And if we don't pray, we don't work. And if we don't pray, we don't work and nothing gets accomplished. But prayer is not this hard thing. Oh, I got to pray. No, it's easy. It's easy. It's not hard. It's a lifestyle. You know, with me, it's like eating. You just do it. It's part of your nature. I want prayer in this church to just be a part of our nature. Y'all hear? Y'all hear? So the whole, that's it, prayer conscious. Somebody comes up to you. I need, to, I, I need you to counsel me. Did you pray? Did you go before the Lord? Because you know what? If they go before the Lord, they save you a lot of time. Did you seek the Lord about your own problem? Or you want me to just wave the magical stick 
and help you. No. And so we're going to turn people to prayer in every facet. Don't counsel anybody if they hadn't sought the Lord about the matter first. That's the homework. Hey, I, need, I have to meet with you. I mean, if it's an emergency, that's, you know, but everything's an emergency because no, they're not praying. And so if somebody wants to meet with you because they need advice, they need counseling, they're in a rut, you just give them a little homework, get them prepared. Listen, pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour. Seek the Lord, and then we're going to get together and tell me what the Lord showed you. If we, do, if we don't do that, it's marathon counseling. I hate marathon counseling. On, on, and on. You remember that, Thomas? I'm meeting Thomas about his marriage. Just, I mean, finally one day he came in. I said, how long are we going to do this? I said, I done told you everything I know. I've explained. I've given you the word, and there ain't nothing happening. We're going to pray 45 minutes in tongues right now because I ain't counseling no more. And that's what we did. And I don't know. I think a breakthrough came. And so prayer first. Prayer is a privilege. If you're struggling in a relationship, pray. If you're struggling in your marriage, you need to be praying for one another. I'm telling you, you get in prayer, God will talk to you. And listen, I'm talking about prayer. You're seeking the Lord. You're not seeking God to bless what you're doing. You're just seeking the Lord. What's your heart, Lord? What's your heart on this matter? And don't bring all your people and all your problems. Just come to God. Leave all your people, all your problems. Just come to God. Because in the past, we come for him. We pull the slot machine handle. And God's so merciful, he helps us. But he wants us. And I'm telling you, if, if we get him, instead of all the gifts and all of the little trinkets, if we get him, we got everything. Things will be fixed. Things will run better. Is that okay? Everybody say prayer. prayer. Well, now, can we do that? Yes. Who's in? <laughs> and look, don't get, listen, people got watches. You know how many steps I took today? I took 12,433 steps. Really? Well, you need to get you a prayer watch. Because yeah. <laughs> you could have been praying while you were doing all those steps. I, I ran six miles today. What well, did you open your mouth in tongues? Did you, you can pray while you're washing the dishes. You can pray while you're changing a diaper. I mean, you understand, we can pray all the time. And usually what God, listen, this is how prayer works. When you seek the Lord, he puts his heart on you. It's, it's like a burden. It doesn't hurt. His burden is easy. But he'll show you his heart for something. And intercession is not about us. It's about somebody else usually. But he'll show you. So what will happen when you seek the Lord? Something will come from God on you like a burden, but his burden is light. And then all of a sudden it's your heart. And you start praying, and then what he put on you, your prayer goes right back to him. And it's like this circle thing starts to happen until the burden is just lifted. And when the burden is lifted, you're confident that it's done. So you just stop. There's times I prayed. I just hit the mark. I'm done. It's done. I felt it in my spirit. 
Somebody say prayer works. We got to get this. We have to do this, guys. Jesus prayed. Praying always is perpetual. In, in all manners of prayers of supplication, it's petitional. <laughs> and then it says, in the spirit and being watchful is powerful because anything you do in the spirit is powerful. He said, to this end, with all perseverance. We have to keep pressing in prayer. And then it says, to all the saints. So there's a purpose. And then Paul said, pray for me. It's personal. That I'd be bold and I'd have the utterance that I need to preach the gospel. So the Lord showed me this today. Prayer is all about getting the gospel out. That's what it, it's all about the gospel. It's all about the gospel because, you know, you can pray for somebody, but they still need the gospel. It, the prayer is all about getting the gospel out. And so our first month is going to be on prayer. The next month is going to be sharing our faith. And so we can't be meeting with God and not be interested in souls. It just don't work. But I'm a prayer warrior. But you don't like people. Some, you ain't hitting heaven. You, you ugly thing. And I'm going to tell you, in my lifetime, intercessors have been the craziest, flakiest, fruit loops, eccentric, crazy. And I'm not talking about that. And then their whole lives are messed up. I'm not talking about our prayer people. But that's what I've seen over the years. I don't like it. And so when we pray, we're going to have the word of God. It's going to be spirit because God speaks in the spirit. And he shows you, that I got that, but the word of God is going to be what we stand on. And so in the past, and I told the prayer people this, man, Shabbat, Seket, Abadiah. I'm an intercessor. Well, your life should be in pretty good order. You understand? If you're hitting a home run, you're hitting heaven, you talking to God and you a real intercessor? Man, you on. You ain't fighting with nobody. You not ugly. You sensitive. You're gentle. You're talking to God. And if it, so if you ugly, contrary, critical, I don't even want you praying for me because there ain't nothing good could come out your mouth. But Start. And get with God. And when we, you with God, you, I mean, you understand. If you're going to be praying for people and touching heaven, you're going to benefit yourself from it. Y'all going to have to just bear with me a little bit. Y'all can go a little more. All right, I'm going fin to fin finish with prayer. Finish. You want some of that, boy? <laughs> and then we preach to the crowds. You understand? After we get this prayer thing down, it, if souls don't just flow out of us, we're wasting our time. We didn't even hit the throne. We didn't even get to God. Because his heart is souls. Number one goal is souls. Number one goal is souls. 
Number one goes to so. I believe all prayer is geared towards the gospel getting preached or somebody being reached by the gospel, a change, a transform. It all has to do with the gospel. And if you ain't saved, you ain't going to touch heaven. I, I mean, I know God can listen to a foxhole prayer. You know, he, he's merciful on sinners. And I know when we're ready for God and we're in a real need and that thing comes out of us, help me, I know he'll move on that. But real prayer is going to come from a saint, not a sinner. It just its not going to happen. And I believe real prayer will come out of people that's filled with the Holy Ghost and working with the Holy Ghost, working with Jesus, the living word, and uh, working the living word via the Holy Spirit. Something's going to happen. I got to get off of prayer. And so month number two is going to be all about souls. We already have things we're going to start setting up. We're going to do some outreach. We're going to do one at Walmart in Plaquemine, one, one at Walmart here. And we're just going to bless the community and just get everybody. Everybody's going to be prayer conscious, and then everybody's just going to be conscious of sharing their faith, preaching to the crowds. It's just it's what we do. It should be natural. I'm not, it shouldn't. You shouldn't feel condemned or forced or, or I have to or I don't want to. You understand, if, if you start this prayer thing, I promise you, sharing your faith is just going to flow. I won't even have to ask you. Shut up, I can't. <laughs> and so number two is, he said, him we preach. Paul said, it's him we preach not about him we preach we have his name when you got his name you got the person you got the viewpoint you got the power and you got the result that Jesus got amen and then it goes on to say just saying And so we need the entire church mobilized in prayer, the entire church mobilized in sharing their faith. That's, no, that's a normal church. That's what a church does. That's what the body of believers do. And then the third one is pastor the congregation. We've got to get them out the crowd in this church so we can pastor them. And in this, this will be the last part of the year that we want everybody whole. I'm going to need your help on this. We need everybody whole. We need a dialogue. Nobody should be suffering here. Y'all need to spread this. Nobody should be suffering. Nobody should be at a deficiency somewhere in their life because they, they don't have God's description on it. We have pastors here. We have leadership here that, that can help pastor this church. But, we want everybody in the church helping somebody up. Nobody just comes here, and there'll be new people, and that's different, but nobody comes here just sucks the life out of everybody. We're going to give everybody what they need. We're going to help everybody here. But at the same time, everybody's got to be helping somebody up in some kind of way, encouraging them, making telephones, befriending them, there's a, a, a lot of ways. So we want the whole church to be mobilized in helping us shepherd people. 
we're going to start some classes. I really need, uh, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to get with all of my pastors. We, I need, for instance, I gave Shelly, I told Shelly some things. I said, fill in the blank. We're going to use that down the road. And so I don't know what we need for these new believers, new people coming in, but we need, we need something to give them to get them started. You know, what, whatever it is, we have to do foundations classes. I never did membership in my life. I'm not really interested in that. But we should run people through a little process, very simple, that they can understand they're born again, they need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they need to be confident in that area. So we need to run them through a little mapping, a little, a little course, or whatever that needs to be, just to get people on board. And then the, the first part of the year, I hope to do the Bible school again. And so we'll just take people out of the ones that come in here, where they are, we'll take them right where they are, and we'll begin to, the next one is prepare the committed, uh, teaching all men in all wisdom. That's, that's what it says. The pastoring part says warning men, all men. That means that's a gentle teaching, correction, instruction. It's pastoring, it's shepherding. And the next step would be prepare people, equip people. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. And the, follow, the last thing is plant the core. We take mature people, we set them in place. Uh, that's, that's what we do. That's what the leadership here will do. I was praying this morning, and I said, Lord, this has always been my vision, and I want to connect all the dots, and I want to fill in all the blanks, and it's going to take a little time. And I said, Lord, I want to raise up a breed of people like David Hogan. This is just an example. But, but you know, we all have our own personalities. We all have our own life, so we're personal. And I said, Lord, what, what do you call this breed? people and I always knew this but I never put a, a name on it and the Lord just gave me this one word and this this is the breed of people I want to raise up revivalists I want to raise up revivalists well what is a revivalist well sister Shelley is reviving our prayer you understand a revival is something that comes to bring something back the way it needs to be. It, it brings it back to the original. And in the case of God, we bring people to the original state that the Lord wanted them to be in, fully equipped, complete for every good work. And so my children's teachers in the back, they are actually revivalists. They do in children's church it's not a normal babysitting thing. They are teaching these kids the word of God and how to praise God. And when I say revival, I mean everything we do, it has fire on it. It brings it to life. Whatever you call to do, whatever your capacity is going to be, you're going to be a revivalist. You're going to bring the thing back to where it needs to be. You got that? There'll be, be, there'll be people teaching women, revive women, bring women back to their place in Christ. Proverbs 31. 
I had some people in my office today. They just happened to be in my office. They just happened to be in my office. Uh, Chris was one. Ethan was one. Donald was one. Who else? Thomas was one. Oh, Carolyn was one. And they were like a good spread of uh, ages and gender. <laughs> anyway, I looked at Ethan. I said, Ethan, you know, he's a college graduate. I said, wouldn't it be cool just to have like a $100,000 job right now, just killing it, just raking in the money? He said, yeah, but it ain't there. So Ethan has put himself in a process. He's here. He's connected. He's doing his part. He just took his place. And I looked at Chris too. And I said, you in the process too. God just has a way of putting us where we need to be with people, with church, with the body, just in a place that we're in the process. And uh, Donald too, even Carolyn. I said, Carolyn, we hired you as an accountant, but we didn't tell you everything. You're not going to just be my accountant. <laughs> you know, I don't want just an accountant. I, don't, I want a woman of God that's going to do something for God. She's going to pray. She's going to witness. She's going to lay hands on the sick. So that was just a little hook to get you here. But you at, at how old are you? She's 68. That's not too old. You're just getting started, girl. So anyway, she's in the process. And the process is the body of Christ. you got to get connected. Everybody needs to be a part of what we're doing here. Who else I talked to about that? Oh, uh, Thomas and Nicole. And, you know, they just connected. A good mid-age couple that's really doing well. Their whole family's serving God. Come on, Thomas. You couldn't pull that off. Their whole family, only because they got in the process. They didn't just come to church. You understand? They, they took a place. They took a part. So I'm also going across all of our departments. For instance, I talked to Chris. I said, Chris, he's doing the outreach. I need you to describe exactly what you're doing and who's working with you. Just tell me the whole scope of what you're doing, who's working with you, all the activity, and your needs. And I said, once you got that, enlarge it a little bit more. And like, what would you, where would you like it to go to? So now I have some blanks in there, some places for people to get involved. And so I'm doing that in every department. Tell me what you're doing, describe it, Tell me who's involved in it. Show me every place, every position. Tell me what your needs are. Give me the scope of it. And once you got it, just enlarge it. Have, have a little, uh, have a goal to grow it, to go to the next level. For instance, just y'all doing foundations. That's going to be a major part here. It's going to be major. I need to just know who's working with you, what you need. You know, you need a, a video person. I don't know what else you need, but I just need you to draw it out, describe it, and just see what it is now, and just enlarge it a little bit. How would you like it to be? And so there's going to be a lot of subjects, a lot of topics that we have to teach here to get people
to a place that they're whole in their finances, in their marriage, just in so many realms. It, it's just going to take some time. But we need everybody in and everybody <coughs> helping. Y'all got that? So are you in to be a revivalist? <laughs> if you're a praise and worship leader, you're a revivalist. You're going to bring this praise and worship.